Podcast Answer Man, episode number 105. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, coming to you from the live studio here at gspn.tv world headquarters actually (laughs) recording in front of a live audience for the first time in a very long time for this podcast we have audio video everything streaming out via ustream and we're recording here um on the edderall r-09 podcast digital audio recorder and so I'll be able to see the feedback and, and thoughts of people as I'm recording, you know, their responses to some of the things that I'm saying here. And feel free in the chat room if you want to to say anything you want. And of course, don't feel like you have to keep it on topic. If you guys want to just chit chat about how nice the weather is wherever you're at, uh, that's fine as well. I know we got Kylie who is in France and uh, Steve who's in Indianapolis and and I'm not sure exactly where Mary's at, but uh Anyway, uh, it, it's kind of cool just to have folks there. Now, I don't typically record Podcast Answer Man live in front of an internet audience with the chat room and the stream and everything running. Um, not for any purpose other than the fact that we already do enough live shows that kind of tie me to a very specific schedule. And so I choose to do some shows without uh, the distraction of making sure that the audio's working perfect for everybody. And by the way, Mary's from Louisiana. Thank you, Mary. And uh, so, so yeah, I don't typically do Podcast Answer Man Live because I oftentimes am very much focused on the people who are listening and, and what's going on with the chat and, and what kind of conversations they're having. Whereas Podcast Answer Man is usually I'm, I'm teaching or talking or answering questions or I'm interviewing. And so it doesn't always lend itself well to a live show. Although I think anything could be live. But then again, I think almost everything could be better depending on what your experience level is in podcasting. So I think, I, oh gosh, was it episode 41 of Podcast Answer Man, if I'm not mistaken, it was called The Pitfalls of the Live Show. And if you haven't heard that one and you're considering starting out on uh, doing podcasting and you've been thinking, oh, I think I'll try blog talk radio or talkshoe.com or live 365. There's nothing wrong with any of those services uh, and, and they can lend themselves well for building an audience because people are consistently on those sites and, and it's a great way to build a show. But if your main thought for your show is to have extremely high audio recordings and you want to build your audience one person at a time or just a few people at a time through word of mouth and and whatever uh, other marketing means that you have and and you feel like you can build an audience without the help of people's happening to catch you happening to catch you live I'm really a, a proponent of, of pre-recording audio in your own studio and on, on your own time. And that way you have very few distractions, if any. You can always go in after you're done and edit out the parts that didn't quite sound the way you wanted them to sound and, and stuff like that. And then you just put it up on the internet and allow it to be listened to on your website or downloaded via podcast form. 
And you got always the only thing people ever hear are just consistently high quality audio recordings. That's the that's the proponent of I'm a proponent of that type of recording. Now, with that being said, obviously I do a lot of live shows. I think my wife and I do let's see, we are right now we're doing one, two, three, four, five, six. <clears throat> we do six live shows a week. And I think it's uh Wednesday night after the TV show lost. We have our largest audience as far as our live audience. And I think this past week we had about 90 people in the chat room. And, or maybe it wasn't this week, but a couple weeks ago, we had about 90 people, 90 to 96 people in the chat room. And we had probably about 185 people viewing the show live. And that is a lot of people, and it's a lot of fun. It adds a lot of excitement uh, and, and stuff like that. I will tell you that those are great. I also had a show on Friday night. This past Friday night, we did a weekend review for the TV show Lost. I think we only had about 14 people in the chat room. But those are great too. There's a, there's something nice about recording live and having the in, the ability for folks to call in if they want to, uh, which is really neat. And also the about the the ability for people to chat with one another and interact re- regarding the content they're hearing while it's being recorded is a lot of fun to kind of see the immediate reaction. Now, if your content really stinks, like mine sometimes does, uh, you kind of get the immediate initial reaction to that as well. Um, let's see here. Mary's in there saying something. Now, if they would all just sign up for Plus Membership. Oh, yes, all the people who who listen to the Lost Podcast. That would be sweet. Um, you know, but hey, she mentioned, Mary mentioned the Plus Membership. Things are going extremely well uh, for us. And and I was just chatting with somebody and and put out a tweet earlier uh, today saying that I've just been amazed at God's blessings upon, you know, the the business that we're doing here at gspn.tv, podcastanswerman.com. It, it's just every time I turn around, it seems like there's a new blessing that, that God's provided, such as, you know, I'm getting phone calls all day long. Uh, if you go to podcastanswerman.com slash equipment on my site, uh, at the very top of that page, it's kind of nestled right there at the top. It's got my cell phone number, and I do that because I want to be available to answer questions and to consult people on their purchase of audio equipment. And, well, I'm getting the phone calls coming in, like, daily now where people are finding me on Google. And, and and the reason I know is because I ask folks how they heard from, heard about me. And uh, a lot of it, I'd say about 40, 40 to 50% is referral. So, so-and-so, I was talking to so-and-so and they told me that I should call you or go to your site. And I saw your number at the top of the page on your equipment page. And I said, oh, great. And of course, the other people are coming from Google on a consistent basis. They're looking for podcast consultant, podcast equipment. They're finding podcastanswerman.com and they, they're calling me. But um been very blessed with the amount of equipment sales inquiries that I've had. And, and I will say that within 10 days, if I wait 10 days from the time that I talk to them, I probably close on about 90% of all the sales questions and consults that I give over the phone. And it's just been a real blessing. 
And uh, for those of you who have recently purchased equipment from me, I know a lot of you are now listening to the podcast Answer Man. Just want to say thank you. Uh, what a blessing it is. And uh, Mary mentioned the the plus membership, which is where I, I got off on this tangent. Uh, just seeing the number rise on a consistent basis. We're now at 262, and Mary happens to be our 262nd GSPN.TV plus member. So that is awesome. And we're seeing that grow, and, and yeah, it, it's just amazing stuff. It's amazing stuff. But anyway, we're going to get into some questions. I want to talk about some, I want to give you some answers, some thoughts on questions and, and subjects that you guys have emailed in. Now, I've gone back in the archive. I have, it, I use Gmail to receive all the emails that I, I bring in. And anytime somebody sends me a podcast related question, conversation, something like that, I tend to put it in a little, I put a label on it called podca- or content hyphen podcast answer man. And that if you send me a question for this show, it's going to go into that folder until a time where, like today, I'm looking for some content and I'm looking for some topics to cover in a podcast. And then I, I, I pull them out and that's what I choose from. Every now and then, I, some of my existing consulting clients, some of my ongoing consistent consulting clients will email me a quick question. It's like, oh, that would be a great topic. So sometimes I'll throw these in here. So um, that's pretty much where I'm choosing to pull this stuff from. And and these come from the archives. These are actually some of this content um, or some of these questions and feedback has come back from even more than a month ago. So uh, and and some from several months ago. So thank you guys for for being patient, for uh, waiting for the answers to these questions. Of course, if you ever want direct one-on-one response uh, immediately. I'm available for consulting as well. But anyway, let's go with Jeff Roney, who's a great longtime listener of gspn.tv and Podcast Answer Man, somebody who was one of those out there that was very encouraging to me, um, was a great source of encouragement to me when when really fumbling through the idea or the, the thoughts of, of breaking out from my insurance career to go full-time into podcasting. So Jeff, thank you for all of your encouragement in the past. He writes this in an email. He says, Cliff, I think it'd be interesting to compare and contrast Leo Laporte's podcast model of no email link on his website to Chris Perillo's always available to answer questions podcast model. It is bit. He says it is a bit sad to see Leo break the would you be. uh, Let's see. Okay, he says it is a bit sad to see Leo break what we would consider to be the candid, the cardinal rule of start the conversation to strengthen your audience and basically say, don't email me because I don't have time to deal with it. Anyway, you know what I, I I'd love to let know what you think. And uh, you guys can check out Jeff Roney's stuff over at RoneyZone.com. And I have a little guest in the studio here. Hi. Can you say hi to everybody? Hi. Did you come in here to get a piece of candy? <clears throat> if you say hi to everybody, I'll give it to you. Hi. What's your name? McKenna. Do you have a podcast yet? No. It, when you start your podcast, what are you going to podcast about? Care Bears. Care Bears? You want to podcast about Care Bears? No. Talk into the microphone. All right. Well, how about you say bye, everybody? Bye. Say it into the microphone really loud. Bye, everybody. All right. Here you go.
Alrighty. So uh, basically, here's here's the cool thing. Now, some some folks would love to just completely ignore the fact that that just existed. That just happened. One of my favorite things about the way that I record my podcast is that there's no way I'm taking that out. That was my three year old daughter who came in to steal a mint, uh, a little peppermint out of daddy's pocket while he was recording. I guess she figured she could get by with it since uh, I wouldn't stop recording to uh, to take care of her. But anyway, <coughs> excuse me, always fun to have her stop by. One of the greatest blessings, by the way, of, of working for yourself and working at home is the fact that your your daughter can walk in and say, hey, dad, how's it going? And And you're always there. So awesome, awesome stuff. So anyway, so Jeff asked this question. If Oh, by the way, Jeff, if you want to find out some of the stuff he's doing in podcasting and new media, he's doing some really great audio book adventure stuff. You can find it over at RoneyZone.com. That's R-O-N-E-Y Zone.com. He, he, is fast, he does fascinating work with background audio, uh, creating like just telling a story but using a lot of sound effects. If you remember the early days of radio where you would have these Foley artists uh, creating sound effects of people walking, closing doors. He he goes through and does some really cool stuff, but does it with a little bit more up-to-date and, and very cool-sounding sound effects. So, Jeff, great job with the stuff you're doing. Now, he asked me, uh, Leo Laporte, if you don't know who he is, he is he's one of the people that I look up to in this space. I've always been a fan of Leo. He was, I first found out about Leo Laporte when he was hosting a technology based TV show called the screensavers on a cable network called ZD TV. And it later became tech TV. Anyway, um, just he, it was always fascinating just to hear the latest and the greatest in technology. And if it weren't for Leo, I don't think I would have heard of podcasting back when I did. And so, really, I, I, I owe a great gratitude, a, a great deal of thanks and gratitude to to Leo for introducing me to podcasting through what he's done. And and he left uh, Tech TV and did some other things, but he's always been involved in radio. And he's decided to create this podcast network called Twit which is This Week in Tech. And you can find his stuff over at uh, TWIT.TV. And I encourage you to do so if you're interested in technology and, and some of the other stuff that they do over there. They've got some great programming. This Week in Tech and Mac Break Weekly are the two shows that I listen to on a regular basis. But anyway, Leo has probably, and, and I listen to him on a weekly basis, so I've I've heard him throw out the numbers before. But if I'm not mistaken, I think he runs about 200, 100, anywhere between 175 to 250,000 listeners or subscribers to his content. And that is, that is a lot of listeners, if you can imagine. And he's been doing a lot of streaming live and, and, and video and audio streaming over the internet as he's recording throughout the week. He's, he's like me. He produces about 20 hours worth of content each week. And he's always broadcasting that stuff live. And no matter when you go there, if he's live, he's got somewhere between two thousand to fourth or two thousand to five thousand people who are watching him stream his 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 podcast recording. Um, and he, and I mean he does he spared no expenses when it came to getting the right equipment to making that look great. Now, he, now Leo has said that he does not respond to email. Now I happen to know that he does. And you could send you you can send an email to Leo at Leoville dot 
I think it, yeah, Leo at Leoville.com. It does go to him. It's not like it automatically goes into a trash bin or filters out or that he never checks it. But the thing is, is that the guy gets probably, he probably gets about 400 to 600 emails a day from listeners. And when you have that much, it is, it is virtually impossible to ever have the rule and, and the cardinal rule, my rule of answering every single email. It just, it's just not going to happen. So, um, Steve, Steve's in the chat room. And he says he's been talking about the fact that he has a sister, he, uh, going through and, and responding to his email now. And he says he just hired her for that, which is cool. Uh, and, and that's one way of, of getting around that situation is when you have so much. <clears throat> but, you know, for me, I hope th- this sounds really weird. You know, sure, everybody, I guess, would love fame. And, and there's a part of me that would love to have the fame of, of Leo Laporte and have hundreds of thousands of people listening. But at the same time, I don't know that I ever want to get to the point where I couldn't respond to everybody. And maybe that's short-sighted of me. And I, I know Timothy Ferris, of the, the guy who wrote the four-hour work week, he would be a little upset if I didn't even think and consider the fact of how can I get to that point. But here's the, here's the situation. I think that you can do some things that will m- minimize the amount of email you get that you don't want to respond to. Uh, and Steve says he wants a job answering my email when I get that big. So, Steve, I'll, I'll keep you in mind. Uh, and and I'll remember that. We already have uh, one of our listeners, uh, Barbara B, uh, who said that you know when when we go big and we hire our full time receptionist, we're going to have all of our phones forwarded to her. She's going to be our receptionist for the Generally Speaking Production Network. <clears throat> but anyway, so so here's the situation. What I think is that if you create opportunities for people to connect with each other, then there's not that consistent need to directly interact with the host of the show and now leo's done some great things he's got a forum but yet it's you still when you're managing hundreds of thousands of people now hundreds of thousands of people are not interacting in these forums but still when you've got three thousand people or you know five thousand people in a chat room and in various chat rooms and all these people who want to interact with each other on the forum and, and you got so many people who want to interact with you directly, it can get a little out of control. I, if there's anything that I could think about, think about when it comes to Leo Laporte's stance on don't email me because I get too much email. Um, I, I just don't have time to deal with it. I don't know that it's wise to use those words. And because you, one of the things I think that is the nicest thing about, uh, when it comes to, when it comes to this new media is being approachable. And, and I think that's what drew a lot of people in. It's like you, you listen to your favorite podcaster with the exception of maybe three people, Leo Laporte being one of them. Um, actually Leo Laporte probably being the only one I can think of. Uh, even Adam Curry today, which has a huge loyal fan base. Yeah, if you send a message to Adam at Curry dot com, you're gonna get a response. Um, it, Callie Lewis, she's probably I, I have no idea what her numbers are, but if I had to guess, I'm thinking maybe 150, 250 thousand. 
subscribers uh, that download her shows, her, her geekbrief.tv, I could be way off. It, it could be it could be four or five times that. It might be, you know, maybe 20%. I don't know. But but the thing is, is that I can guarantee you if I send an email to Callie at geekbrief.tv, I'm going to get a response. And that is what's really cool. Now, I have sent emails to Leo, and I've not received a response. Now, with that being said, there have been times I have talked with Leo. Uh, he used to do some stuff on TalkShoe.com, and beforehand he would unmute some people and talk with them and have some conversations. And Leo and I have talked in the past, and in fact, he's the one who turned me on to the high LPR 40 microphone. And he was very, he's a very gracious, very kind guy. I, I think, I think his heart is in the same place that my heart is in that he loves the people who listen. He loves to interact with the people who listen to his show and he, and he enjoys that. But it, when he says, I don't have the time to deal with all of the email and all of the interaction, it's not just a cop out. It is the absolute truth. There's just too much of it. I mean, this guy's been producing radio for 30 years. And or for more than thirty years, so so I understand where he's coming from. Now, when it comes to Chris Perillo always being available, um, I wonder if he's always available. Of course, I don't follow Chris Perillo nearly as much. I, I know he's on UStream, and I see his his desk. I, I I see him away from his desk more than I ever see him there in front of it. Um, but of course, he's got a huge following, a community of people who are consistently interacting with each other. I think the big deal there is is um, having being approachable, I think, is the key por- portion of this. Having an outlet where people can reach out and connect with you if they need to. And also, at the same time, when your audience is big enough to support a forum or other methods of interaction, I think it's important to give your your listeners, your audience, or your community, in our case, the the multiple places where they can come and interact with each other. And so by that, I mean, for example, we have several people in the chat room right now who are able to talk back and forth each, to each other on the show uh, or during the show. Afterwards, uh, they could go into the forum at gspn.tv slash forum and any of the shows that we do, with the exception of our faith-based shows, they can go in and leave their thoughts, their comments, their anything and talk not only with me, which I get in there and I frequent the forums very often and respond to many of the threads, some more than others, but I, I interact with them there and then, um, so so that's one thing, but of course, then they know that they can email me. Now, if I get a lot of emails that, that are related to the TV show Lost, honestly, I don't have time to read a lot of emails and respond to individuals on a, on a daily or weekly basis regarding what their theory is of loss. It's just not something I have time to do. So what happened is that's where the, the section in our forum for Lost started. We basically said, hey, if you have a theory... The greatest place to put that is at the in the lost section of our form because then not only will I be able to read it, but everybody will be able to read it. And I guarantee you there are a lot of people in there that would love to know what you have to say. And so I, I basically what I would do is is if you were to send me if you were to watch the most recent episode of Lost and you had a three or four paragraph thought on 
what you think about the most recent episode. <clears throat> I probably will just take that. I will post that into the forum on your behalf, and I won't use your last name unless you've ever given me permission. But I'll say, let's say Shonda C. I'll say Shonda C has just written me an email saying this. And then I post it in the forum and it's there. And then what I do is I go into the email and I actually read it. And I say, hey, Shonda, thank you very much. Um, you know, unfortunately, I didn't have t- a chance to go through and read and carefully respond to this, but I went ahead and posted it in the forum so that other people could let you know what they think about your thoughts on this episode. Also, I've went ahead and put it in the folder for our weekend review of the TV show Lost. I'll see if we can possibly fit it in to the next episode. Thank you so much for contacting me. Uh, feel free to post in the forum any of your thoughts and theories on Lost in the future. And if you ever have anything person, you know, on a more personal level, you know, feel free to always email me. I don't actually say please don't email me your Lost theories. I have said that in the past. But I think it's probably better if you if you're able to to remain in the in the place where people feel that you're approachable and that they haven't done something wrong by emailing you. And so that's kind of how I do it. I want people to understand that I'm always approachable, but at the same time, I haven't checked my email since I've woke up this morning. I look in here, I've got 37 emails since um last night in my inbox. Um, yeah, 37 emails and I'll go through those and it'll probably take me about an hour and 15 minutes to go through maybe an hour and a half to go through those 37 emails. But when I go through them, I will respond to every single message that is sent to me. And I do that because I feel it's important. And, and what will happen though, uh, no, Mary's asking inbox zero, not achieved. And, and the qu- answer to that question is no, my inbox zero I, I try to get to that by 4 o'clock each day. Um, I'm going to be a little bit past that today. I'll probably be done with inbox zero at 4.30. But I do try to achieve zero emails into my inbox or in my inbox by the time I'm done with my business for the day, which I talked about in another podcast uh, called uh, pod, or My Crazy Life. In fact, I will, if you're interested in hand, knowing how I handle emails, you can go to mycrazylifepodcast.com and where is it? Actually, you know what? It's a plus member only episode. I apologize. Uh, if you're interested, I'll tell you what. You mentioned this episode of Podcast Answer Man and if you're not a plus member, I'll email me and I'll send you a link to that one just to show you how much I'd love to hear from you. All right, moving on. Because I'm taking, a, I took a long time to talk about that one. All right, Eric S wrote in a while back. He says, "Hey, he and he had just purchased some audio equipment from me." He says, "Do you have any tips on getting my business entity and LLC? Um, I feel like it's going to cost me a lot or take a good amount of time to do. Uh, did you? Let's see. Did you take any certain avenue? Well, I will be honest with you. When I started my business. Um, I was really uptight about this whole getting the licenses and and getting everything the LLC formed and how am I going to do all this accounting stuff? I huge learning curve, huge learning curve. Um, if I need it, I will tell you it probably took me a good bit, uh, every bit of about two to three weeks of mental energy of worrying about all this uh, all this crud. Now. 
today, if I had to do it all over again, I probably could accomplish the entire process in one afternoon. It really, it really is a case of where when you first are exposed to how much you have to do, it seems so overwhelming and it just like, it, it's like the unknown. But once you go through it once, when you go back, it's like, oh, that's not a big deal. In fact, I was getting very frustrated with some of the folks like my CPA who was helping to consult me in this area. And I'm like, well, what about this? And they're like, oh, don't worry about it. Just do this. And I'm like, and what about this? Don't worry about that. Just do this. And I'm like, but tell me, I don't want to just do this. I want you to tell me why I'm doing this. And and I very much wanted to learn the the not just the what to do, but why am I doing it? And because of that, like I said, it took a lot of mental energy. Now I understand all the different things that I'm doing. I understand almost all the different taxes I pay, when I pay them, how to fill out the forms, what to withhold, what gets deposited to the federal government, how you know all of these different things. I'm starting to really grasp this, but it's still a year and three months into it. It doesn't all make sense, and that's why I'm going to suggest that you do a couple things. Number one, if you don't think you have any legal issues whatsoever and you can pull off single <clears throat> uh, sole proprietorship, and you're just getting started and you want to see if this is going to be something for you. If you can go, if you think in your, and you get the, you, this isn't my suggestion for you, but personally, I think last year I could have probably got by as a sole proprietor. However, I will say that I may have missed out on one or two different things had I been a sole proprietor and not had an LLC with a federal ID number, such as getting a corporation such as the sponsor for the Family from the Heart podcast. I may have had a little bit of an issue you know, with them issuing a check to an individual versus an LLC. Chances are, maybe not, but I do know going forward with some of the other business ventures that I'll be uh, tracking down, such as wholesale you know, uh, equipment and stuff like that, it will be a little bit more difficult to get people to work with me individually Versus having a federal ID number. So when it when it comes down to it, having a a corporation, an LLC, or being incorporated, um, I, I see there are some benefits in the minds of others, specifically working with other companies. Now that being said, as far as whether you should be incorporated, do a partnership, an LLC, all that other stuff, I'm going to suggest that and just refer you to to people out there who focus on that. I'm going to focus on the podcasting end of consulting here and just tell you, um, you know, you'll probably want to hire a CPA and you probably want to get somebody who can give you some legal advice at a at a low cost up front. And uh, as far as the cost of becoming an LLC, it was it was ridiculous cheap, ridiculously cheap. I think it, in all total, it might have cost me about three hundred, four hundred dollars for everything to get the get the ball rolling, and that included all my licenses fees, my state fees, my occupational license, all of those things. So Eric, um, now he, Eric emailed me and, and sent his sent this stuff in to me a while back. Uh, I'd love to hear from you again, and and please email me. Let me know how things are going. Are you doing some podcasting now? I'd love to give you uh, a little um, airtime here on the Podcast Answer Man if you want to just call in at area code 859-795-4067. I'm going to end this show with one more uh, 
uh, email from a friend of mine. This is uh, Patrick from SpinningSilkMedia.com. SpinningSilkMedia.com. Anyway, Patrick wrote in and he labeled his uh, email two questions for the podcast answer man. So number one, when you're out walking with your Edderall, Edderall recorder, how do you hold it? He says, I assume that you don't just hold it down at arm's length while you walk and swing your arms, or maybe you do, and the Edderall can compensate or hold, let's see, or two, you hold it close to your chest or something. Very good question. So my Edderall portable digital recorder, when I hold this thing, I almost always am holding it in my right arm. And I just grip it in my hand and I pretty much, if you could just imagine my, my arm, um, if I were to, let's see, I'm trying to think if I were to hold my elbow at a 90 degree angle and just hold my, um, hand kind of in front of my face, but probably about 18 inch, anywhere between 12 inches to 18 inches away from my face. That's where I hold my recorder. So it's pretty much my, it's in my right hand. The Edderall is almost directly in front of my mouth, but it's a good 12 to 18 inches away from my mouth as I'm recording. And, uh, it works perfectly fine. And, um, if, if I need to, you know, switch over, I'll put my record, I'll put the recorder over my left hand, hold it in about the same position in front of my mouth as I'm walking and, and it works great. So that's what I do there. All right, number two, he says, can you talk about how important headphones are when two people are recording a podcast? I've already noticed that when my wife and I record a podcast, there are different voice levels or that that our different voice levels are distracting. She has a much uh, higher volume level than me. Not an insult. Uh, let's see, not an insult, just the facts. She grew up with five sisters and I was an only child for eight years, probably had something to do with it. Also, I can um, also I can see how I need headphones to monitor and adjust my own voice levels. So, first of all, the importance of having headphones when two people are recording. I want to say it's extremely important to have headphones, even if there's only one person recording. You want to be able to hear your own voice, and you want to be able to hear almost the exact same thing that's going into your recording. So I suggest that you have some method of setting it up to where you're actually able to monitor what's being recorded. Now, for me, I send the audio out of the CD slash tape output of my mixer, which has the same mix or same information or same audio coming out of it as what's sent into the mixer headphones. And so I am listening to the headphones on the mixer and I'm able to monitor what's going in my into my digital editor. Edderall recorder right here in front of me. And I'm also able to see the audio levels, those the lines, the VMU meter uh, to kind of tell me, you know, if I'm peaking or not or or if my signal is strong enough. So I have not only a visual representation of audio levels in front of me, but I also have an audio representation in my ear in my headphones. So if Stephanie were at the other microphone at the opposite end of the table here, and I'm hearing my voice, her voice should do two things. Number one, I should be able to hear it at the same level as I hear mine. Or number two, or and number two, I should be able to see her audio levels when she's talking and I'm not 
bring the recording levels on the Edderall, the display, up to the same place where I am. Now, occasionally, Stephanie will get excited and she'll end up talking louder. And occasionally, she'll she'll be very quiet like this. And I'm pretty consistently loud all the time. So there's no question about that. So it does present the fact that sometimes I will, when I am have my he- headphones on, I will have to adjust as we're recording. I'll turn her up, her her volume or her channel of volume up or down. Now, the question is, if I'm the person recording, technically speaking, I'm the only person who has to have headphones. However, I'm going to suggest that Stephanie or your co-host or your interviewee, if you can, put headphones on them too, because that way they will be able to hear your audio and their audio, and they'll be able to physically know that, man, you sound a lot louder than they do. So with all that being said, let's just say you do have – so so first of all, first and foremost, definitely you're going to need some headphones. One of the issues you may have when you use headphones are, uh, for example, let, if for my mixer here and almost all the mixers, they typically only have one headphones jack. And one volume level that controls that headphones jack. Now we were using just a splitter, which takes you know one. We it takes the one jack and turns it into two or three. And Stephanie and I would just plug into that splitter. Well, the problem is is that I like my audio to be a little bit louder than Stephanie does, and so it was too loud for Stephanie's ears, not loud enough for me. So what we ended up doing was getting a headphone amplifier. It's an external device. It's powered, and what happens is it plugs into, it's got a cable that goes from the headphones jack on the mixer into this headphone splitter slash amplifier, and it's got four different outputs or four different headphones jacks, and each jack has its own volume control, and it's been a huge blessing because now Stephanie can say, wow, that's too loud, and I can turn the audio down, and I can still hear it at the same level that I'm hearing it or that I want to hear it that's comfortable for me. So that's that's one of the things that you may deal with when when both of you are wearing headphones. Again, only the person who's controlling the audio levels on the board manually, they are um they are the the, the person recording and controlling the audio, they're the people who need the actual um uh headphones for sure. <clears throat> now I just coughed, but I, the reason why I was a little bit, I, I, I saw that there's a question in the chat room. It says, how are you pausing? Is it a button you click with your mouse on the computer or a physical button? And so for Mary, what I'm going to do is I am actually going to hold up here in my hand and I'm going to assume that she can see it because I'm not looking the, at the actual video stream, but I re, I don't record into a computer at all. I record everything straight into a, a, a small digital audio recorder. And it has a pause button. Now, for those of you who don't know this, there have probably been about maybe five different times where I have paused this recording to either cough, take a drink, or whatever the case may be. And uh, so so you haven't heard those. The really nice thing about the Edderall is the button, the, the button that I push to pause the recorder, it doesn't make any noise. The... The Edderall recorder is very good about not putting any clicks in there. 
So basically, what's really nice about this is that I'm able to record, and let's just say I've got this really bad scratchy throat, and I can actually just say one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven. Now, for those who are listening to the podcast, they heard me say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The truth is, though, I actually paused in between three and four. Um, so it, it's very awesome that you can be able to do that as well. All right. So, um, headphones, headphones, audio levels. Okay. One last thing regarding pa- Patrick's question. Let's just say you do have an audio recording where you have one person who's a little bit louder than the other person and that's a little distracting for you. You can use something that's free called Levelator. Just go to google.com and type in uh, Levelator. It's L-E-V-E-L-A-T-O-R. And you have to actually have your, convert your audio recording into a wave or maybe an AIFF file as well will work. But um, if it's not already in that format and then it what it'll do is it'll go in and it brings up all the levels to kind of one straight level uh, recording. Now, instead of using Levelator, I use Adobe Audition 2. Yeah, I use Adobe Audition 2.0 and I use a thing called hard limiting and hard limiting does essentially the same thing, only it is it is very much oriented to saying, okay, here is what I want to do. I want to raise and I want to amplify the entire audio recording up to this level, but never increase the audio or never amplify the audio above this. So let's just say I say I want to increase the audio by six decibels, the entire thing. But if the if I'm already at the peak, if you will, it's called peak limiting. Uh, if I'm already at the peak where I want it to be, and there's only a difference of, let's say, two decibels before it hits the top of what I set, then it will only take my audio up two decibels. But if Stephanie is about eight decibels below the peak, it will, and I tell it to increase it by six, it'll raise her up six decibels across the board or or wherever she got loud. But if she was really loud and she started to get really excited about something and, and she was only talking for uh, maybe three minutes where she was actually only about three decibels below the peak, then it will increase her only three decibels to hit that maximum thing. So in essence, it gives a much more equaled audio sound throughout the whole process. And that's called hard limiting. And if on if you're on the Mac, I did look in Sound Studio is a great Mac program. I it, it's not nowhere. It's it's not nowhere. It's not anywhere as good as Adobe Audition on the PC. But Studio uh, Sound Studio is very cool on the Mac in that it does have a peak limiter option on there as well. Oh, wow! Another long episode of the podcast answer man. You know, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think I just got a tweet or I just got uh, an email. I can't remember what it is, but somebody said for sometimes you go on and on in your podcast and you you talk for a very long time, but it but it's OK because your audio quality is so good. It doesn't really matter. I don't know about that. But anyway, it, it is what it is. It is the podcast answer, man. And I love coming to you guys and bringing this information to you. Um, a couple things here. First of all, 
Want to let you know, I did create finally for myself a brand new production schedule. I hate that I can't pause when I'm playing music. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, but anyway, I I figured it up with my new schedule that I have right now, which you can go to gspn.tv/schedule or gspn.tv/calendar. Actually, either way, it'll take you there. And if you scroll below the live calendar of events or the live shows. There's a list of all the shows we produce. In total, with my new schedule, which is reduced production, I'm now putting out only 20 podcast episodes a week. And so it will probably explain to you why doing these short 5 to 10 minute episodes three or four times a week hasn't happened. And when it came down to it, I decided, you know what, I'm trying to figure out this living a balanced life stuff, which if you're not listening to MyCrazyLifePodcast.com, you should listen to it because it really is amazing. All the different things I'm learning about how to focus on my career, but not forget about the fact that I'm a husband and a father and a business person and, and that I have needs physical in, when it comes to physical health and all this other stuff. Really, really, God's been laying a lot of stuff on my heart. But anyway, um, one of the things that I decided is I need to get a manageable schedule where people can consistently understand what to expect from gspn.tv and podcastanswerman.com. The good news is, well, the bad news is that you're only going to get one episode a week of Podcast Answer Man until all the TV shows end. Okay, once the TV shows are done for the season and we go into summer hiatus, then that might open up my production schedule quite a bit. Quite a bit. The good news is, is that it's guaranteed every Monday morning or every Monday I am going to be recording a podcast answer man episode. And so um, I'm looking forward to that because I do have a lot of additional questions and comments and and thoughts from you guys in the community out there. Thank you for that. Continue to call in your questions. Area code 859-795-4067. Again, the voicemail line is area code 859-795-4067. You can email me if you need to, feedback at gspn.tv. And of course, if you are in the need for podcast audio equipment, I am the place to go to for that. I'd love to help you. Really helps support what we're doing here. And of course, if you need some consulting one-on-one, I'd love to talk to you about that. And uh, anyway, thank you all for listening and uh, take it easy. God bless you all. We'll talk to you soon.